Business in the 217 with the Springfield Business Journal. Publisher Michelle Ownby joining us. I'm Greg Bishop on WMAY. Michelle, thanks for taking time each and every week uh, to give us an overview of what's going on with business in the 217. Of course, the Springfield Business Journal, people can get a weekly email with Biz Bites, the latest of what's going on, but we love bringing that here to you as well with the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with uh, you know what's happening at the Springfield City Council. Uh, of course, we're recording this on a Tuesday. It'll air Wednesday morning after the council roundup so we may review it in some more detail with the council roundup but uh we're talking about replenishing a tiff fund downtown uh what's going on here well we had touched on this uh, a few weeks ago and it was still in the in the hopeful stage but at this point it's on the consent agenda so it's looking like a pretty sure thing uh there is currently an ordinance in place that would replenish the downtown tiff with uh, about seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars back in 2017 when a, a roof was put on the municipal east building that is the amount of money that was spent for the new roof that was a fairly controversial project at the time and has remained controversial over whether that was an appropriate use of tiff funds. So the mayor then introduced an ordinance to repay that amount into the downtown TIF. Uh, and in turn, Downtown Springfield Inc. has been working with a number of uh, property owners downtown that are looking to convert their upper stories to residential use. You know, we had that uh, Bowen housing study a few years back that showed that there was an immediate need for 400 residential units downtown, additional residential units. Uh, by all accounts, that demand has only grown, but it's very expensive to convert those upper stories to residential use, especially if they've been vacant for decades, as is, as is often the case, and people are looking for modern amenities and floor plans that uh, really just don't exist in those historic buildings. So DSI is now working with uh, Mike Jackson, a local architect and historic preservationist, to put together what they're calling a, a playbook, basically a step-by-step -step guide for property owners that uh, are looking for ways to make it economically feasible to convert some of those upper story units. And they've got uh, seven property owners specifically identified and are estimating that there will be around $700,000 in TIF subsidies needed spread out among those, those various projects. So hopefully with the money now uh, being used to replenish the TIF, they can turn around and use that to assist some of these property owners. Well, and thinking about also the playbook itself uh, and how instrumental that's going to be, uh, especially for some buildings downtown where you know it could be like a studio type space, but it's not quite ready yet for residential. Is that the types of things they're going to be focusing on is kind of like uh, a step-by-step -step guide of sorts where they can uh, just get this out to the community and say, this is what you need to look at. These are the different types of codes and zoning issues that might come up. Uh, is that kind of the, the playbook, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. And the focus is really on uh, what I'm going to call small-scale development. I think DSI has tried to do a lot of that over the last few years. They've got their momentum on Main Street and some other programs they rolled out. You know, typically when we hear about new development, uh, you know, we hear about the Chamber of Commerce or uh, Sangamon County trying to recruit a big developer to come to town to do a major multi-million dollar project. And I mean, certainly those are, are definitely things that we want to work on and things that would be good for our economy. But sometimes we overlook the fact that uh, these small scale projects add up as well. And if, if you can get a handful of folks to convert their upper stories into, you know, one, two, three, four apartments, uh, cumulatively, that, that definitely has an impact. And every building that you touch has an impact. So sometimes it's easier to get a lot of those small projects going than, you know, once every 10 years to get that huge multi-million dollar project. 
We're talking with Michelle Ownbean, publisher of the Springfield Business Journal here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, Business in the 217. Uh, another big, uh, kind of a, a surprise to me at least, I didn't know that there were as many acres available in this area of town, but somebody snagged up a whole bunch of property uh, off of Toronto Road, and they're looking at bringing about uh, uh, an event space. Tell us about this. Yes, it, it may seem a little counterintuitive on the surface to launch an event business during the middle of a pandemic, but that's exactly what uh, Audrey Codellis has has done. She has a new event planning company called Pole Barn Chic. And of course, right now she's focused more on uh, going to people's homes, small gatherings, things like that for the for the guidelines and feels that she can do that safely. But as you said, she just purchased uh, eight acres of land um, off Toronto Road. It's that area in between Cracker Barrel Restaurant and the, the Baymont Hotel. There, there were two different parcels there totaling eight acres. She purchased them both. She's got an architect and is planning to break ground uh, pretty soon. She says she thinks she'll be able to hold her first event by the end of the year. So she's looking at building a pretty sizable facility, uh, you know, big enough to hold wedding receptions or large events, up to 400 people indoors, but there will also be uh, what she's calling party rooms, smaller spaces for 25 to 75 people for people that are having uh, smaller gatherings. And then even a, a fairly sizable outdoor space as well, where uh, she said she could hold concerts or, or outdoor events. So she is definitely uh, looking to the future as, as we uh, hopefully get towards the end of this pandemic and the restrictions associated with that. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was eight acres out there, but uh, great to hear that uh, some of that vacant property is going to be utilized, especially close to the university. Uh, and you got to imagine something like that could also uh, provide somewhat of an anchor of sorts, right? To possibly even uh, see other development around that. Yeah, absolutely. Development tends to spur other development. And, uh, you know, I think we're all ready to get back to, to having parties and events again. So she's counting on that. Maybe some pent up demand for people that uh, had to miss out on a lot of big events in their life especially right off the highway as well. I'm sure that's another uh, uh, thumbs up uh, an attraction of sorts to, to be able to see the uh, that particular uh, business thrive. Uh, Michelle Ownby, Springfield Business Journal publisher. Of course, Springfield Business Journal out weekly. Where can people get a copy? Well, we always have print copies available at the racks on the old state capitol plaza downtown plus uh, Barnes & Noble. But the best way to make sure you don't miss out is to go to our website, springfieldbusinessjournal.com and sign up to subscribe and make sure you get it delivered to your home or office every month. Michelle Ombe, Springfield Business Journal, here on the WMAY Morning News Feed with Business in the 217. Greatly appreciate your time. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Greg.